I'm Margaret Kelsey. And I'm Devin Bramhill. And this is Don't Say Content. And shout out to our producers at Share Your Genius. They're great at creating shows with strategic outcomes in mind. They've been with us since the podcast was just an idea, and they helped us bring it to life from strategy all the way to execution. And we absolutely love partnering with them. So if you, dear listeners, are thinking of launching a podcast, which you definitely should, by the way, we recommend having a conversation with our favorite people over at Share Your Genius. Now let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our first ever live show. Woo! Season four. For season four season premiere. Season four premiere. Premiere of season four. Premiere of season four. We're doing it uh, live. Doing it live. <laughs> it's sad to quote that guy because actually he ended up being pretty evil in terms of the acts that he. I know it's less about it's less about the person and more about the cultural moment of we're doing it live. Doing it live. Yeah. So in this episode, we talk about failure, how most people fail at failure. And how that translates into leadership uh, at any level and how to make it more useful. So forgive any mishaps. This is forgive our failure in the quality of this episode. (laughs) There we go. We've already forgiven ourselves because that's our motto. So there you go. And enjoy it. Yes. I can't believe this worked. I know. I'm having trouble joining the chat, so I might just have you. Oh, no. There I go. Oh, Luke. Yes. What's up, Luke? Well, I can't um, join the chat, so I'm just going to have to live react because it won't let you me You can't do see it. the comments? I can see the comments now, but I won't be able to, like, comment back in the chat because it won't let me connect my Google account. It keeps getting an error, but it said it's their fault, not my fault. So I'm going to blame them. This is a failure on StreamYard's part. This was my joke to everybody. I was like, well, I think you and I said this to each other too. It was like, if we fail at the live stream, it's like an epic pun. So it's fine. (laughs) It was like meta commentary on failure. Luke, you get an extra gold star for being early. Yeah. Thank you. We joined early because we were afraid it wasn't, I was afraid it wasn't going to work. I was like, I'm, listen, my setup right now is janky as hell because I, my like cheap ring light broke. And then I asked one of my marketing groups what they recommended. And Jay sent me his setup. Which is probably overkill. No, it's like super, actually his was more approachable than what I ended up getting. Cause then at the same time I'd asked Travis and Tyler at video pilgrim. Cause I did, yeah. I've worked with them and they're my buddies. And Travis was like, get this. And I was unpacking them this morning to set up my lighting. First of all, the stand isn't here. So it's balanced on like a tiny shelf. Oh, perfect. So it could fall at any books. moment. <laughs> yeah. To like kind of give me the right light. And yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's true. So anyway, it's, this is the most like the, the actual like softener thing. Oh, I can't figure out how to attach it to the light. (laughs) Wow. This stuff is so advanced that didn't come with instructions. They just assume they're like, you should know you're, you're professional. Um, also the funniest thing was when we first went remote at OpenView, they went like overkill on delivering us like everything that we would possibly need for remote meetings. And they sent us this like green screen that was supposed to sit on the back of your chair. And it was like one of those that like flips, like folds up into a circle and then like, you know what I mean? Like the tension, it's like a kind of a tension loop. But the thing, whenever it was open, it was absolutely impossible to like, get it back in it was the most maddening thing I've ever been gifted in my entire life because the like the first time you opened it it's like you're never getting it back up so I just had like a big green screen circle (laughs) and it like never fit perfectly in the so it was always like this and you could always see like around the green screen it was so bad 
I love that. That's so the most fun. Zoom thing ever. And I love I it. I know. That's early kinda... COVID gift where that we did have like a little clip on ring light that was really useful that I actually don't know where it is, but you would have to charge it because it like could clip onto your laptop. And it was a really like handy thing, but I would never have mine charged because the same way that my AirPods are never charged. And so yeah. I just never, I think if I have to charge something, it's just, I'm not using it. <laughs> note to everyone don't give margaret something with batteries like give me like i you know like the good thing about um headphones like corded headphones mm -hmm. is that you never have to worry about that kind of stuff and now all of a sudden i have another to do on my to-do list like god oh margaret life is so hard life is so hard um tell me this did the fact that we were a recording a podcast about failure make you think about failure and like all the like a deep introspective way yeah or like yeah. just going about your day-to-day -day life i'm like like a little mess up i'm like well i guess i failed at that haha ha. and i'm like that's not failure like i know what happened to me as i started getting like very like oh my god all of the times i've failed in my life <laughs> and like not a good way and like uh let me just go back into and relive all of the failure and painful moments in my life but it's been great no it's been a great week getting ready for this yeah, I, I even like I looked up the definitionary de the dictionary definition of failure too because I was like getting really meta with it, which we'll talk about in the show. Well, but, it's noon. Do you want to just yeah consider I this the start of the show? Get into it. Although I do, <laughs> that was my you know clapper. Okay, but like one quick question I wanted to ask you first because like okay. I know what you've been up to, but I feel like other people don't. So like. Do you, is there anything from break that like stood out to you or that you missed as in me specifically? I know you, you want to tell you want me to tell the audience how much I missed you over break. Yes. And then <laughs> anything else you might want to share, but I mean, that was really the priority. So I missed you deeply. I missed recording. I think honestly, like when I was thinking about it, it really does feel like it's such a nice weekly touch point that we have when we're in the in the cadence of recording that it feels like an outlet. It feels like one of those calls that I'm always like mentally stimulated after we record an episode. I feel like I've been able to clarify something in my own brain that maybe has been messy or that I haven't thought about. Um, and even when we recorded the episode, that will be, I think our third episode on audacity and we recorded it last week. Yeah. That was one of those ones where it was like, I think about it all the time, but I didn't sit down and ever like really get into it. Right. Yeah. Like I, I've been thinking about it as something that I've, um, wanted to add into my life, but I like, it helps clarify my own understanding and I miss that piece. Yeah. So when we take breaks, it's a little, it's sad for my brain. It is sad. My brain got lazy for, yeah. well, I was also, well, I was also yeah. going through chemo. So like probably that had something to do with it, but yeah. you know, also I your brain <laughs> actually one going through really... some shit. It's okay. Tomorrow is my last, the start of my last cycle. That's amazing. That's the highlight for me is getting out yeah. of here. Oh, hi, Eric. I was just talking to him on Slack and sharing with him about how this might fail altogether and hopefully it's a pun it didn't um, fail we're, we have people that are here and talking to us and it must mean that we're live on on youtube so good job devin for setting this up yay no failure well minor failure yesterday but we've solved all the failures and today it's not a failure y'all my first version of this event which i linked to in Everywhere. the event the calendar event didn't allow me to invite Margaret. Like it just like, didn't, I did it wrong. I did it wrong. And I was like, how do you, um, but to your point about break, one of the things I'm excited about for this season and like a little teaser for everyone is having the new newsletter segment yeah. as we're calling it, where we're getting to process the reflections of other people too, all in that same week. So like I've reached out to some folks asking them to react to upcoming podcasts and yeah. we'll include that reaction in the newsletter. And I only invited people who don't have the same opinion and are very opinionated. So we want I some wanted... controversy, not like, yeah. like you and I aren't enough. We're like, let's, let's build some more in here. Exactly. And already I've been sort of coordinating with some folks. And so one of them sent me, um, uh, because we pre-recorded audacity. Yeah sent me something already and it's already like so good. making me think differently about what we talked about. Oh, hi Meg. 
Hi, Doug. Oh my goodness. Hi. Eric, tell Alex I say hi. And why hasn't he invited me to be on his podcast? No. <laughs> Alex used to be at Lattice and he started his company called Doc and him and Eric are crushing it over there. And we were just talking about that. Okay. So would you, uh, now let's get into the show, I guess. Yeah. I think we're fun. officially in the show talking yeah. about failure today. Failure today. Not tomorrow, only failure today. Well, failure is always in the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we wanted to talk about this topic for a bunch of reasons. I think my kinship with it is that I don't think failure really exists. And it, like, to me, it's not an endpoint. Hmm. It's not a cul-de-sac. It's like, it could be a fork or many forks in the road. And it doesn't, um, oh, Romley. Hi, Lindsay. Sorry. This is going to be hard not to do because these are I like know. all our friends. <laughs> um, we didn't We're make fun. Edit this out of the themselves. actual podcast episode, all of us. Like, hi. I know. <laughs> it's so good to see you. You should listen to Romley's podcast too. It's really good. Oh, We've yeah. both been on it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, like to me, like I've experienced failure in a lot of different ways in my life, both as I was coming up in my career and then what you might say was like the sort of pinnacle moment as CEO and like the differences in failure as a leader versus failure on your way up. And I've had a sort of consistent experience where the places where I experienced failure weren't in the thing I thought I could fail at. It was elsewhere. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, that's okay. Do let's you want just me to dive go in and unpack it? that bit. Yeah, let's, I want to unpack that bit. So when, when you're looking at an opportunity or a circumstance in front of you and you think about like, we all do this, we ruminate on like all the different things that could go wrong. It's the one that you don't ever see coming. Yes. Ooh. So, and this is like, I'm an ambitious person. I'm competitive. I, my career was front and center for my life, for most of my life. And when I was in Boston, still on my way up, trying to make a name for myself, I participated, I helped I became like a TEDx organizer um, for someone else who was leading one. He's my friend C. Todd. And we had a great time doing it. And the next year we were going to start it again. And he had to back out. And I'd already kind of like lined up a bunch of speakers. Mm. And I was determined. I was like, I can't. Actually, Jay Kunzo was one of them. And I was like, I can't go to these people and say that I failed. Like this thing isn't going to work out because they'll see me as a failure and it'll compromise my reputation. Like I have to make this happen. Yeah. And so I took that on and what ended up happening was I compromised my physical and mental health. Mm. I let down others. Like I remember, um, this one day it was towards, it was in the summer. It was like going to happen in September and it was in the summertime. And I was invited to apply for a job at Bessemer and I started, I had to go to the doctor because I wasn't feeling well. And like, I got, long story short, I got this like wild fever by the end of the day when I had to go to this interview, tanked the interview. Like, I don't even remember it. I was like, sweaty, delirious. Yeah. Delirious. yeah. Everyone's because like, I knew, I was like, Ooh. if I tell them I can't come because I'm sick, no one's ever going to, like, they're not going to believe me. Yeah. Right. I got to show up and show them I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, hopefully I hit it. So then I'm sick for days. I completely miss a th uh, uh, an event I was supposed to do for Katie Martell, my friend. Mm -hmm. And she ended up calling me like worried on like, you know, not only where I was, but was I okay? And, you know, I encountered all these points that could have been failure, right? Like I didn't technically have a certificate, like the right per license to put on the event. So I found ways around it and then someone caught wind of it and like kind of tried to shut you down. Yeah. And so like, if you think about it, I could look back on that and be like, look at how I problem solved everything. Look at how I like made it happen no matter what. Yeah. I ended up with complete and total burnout that lasted a, at least a year, $24,000 in, in debt personally, because I couldn't get the resources. Couldn't say no. <laughs> and yeah. And I'm like, so I put on this TEDx event. Yeah. And when I look back on it now, I'm like, I had the opportunity to just be like, nope. Sorry, guys. It's not at happening so anymore. many different points, right? Like there was probably thousands of points that you could have quit. Yep. Yeah. And instead of failing, like the thing to failing at that thing was non-negotiable for me. Yeah. 
But then when I finally so failed it, hard in every other way, <laughs> yeah, my life was in ruins. Like I literally, I had to take, like, I was not in a good place by the time that was done. That was also due to the thousand other things I was doing to build my career at the same time, including going to India for six weeks that summer to volunteer. Like it was so stupid, but like, God, if you could bottle that energy again, yeah. but it's like looking back, I was like, I remember how much of a panic I was in. Yeah. I have to make this happen or I'm going to be a failure. Like I literally believed that. And now I look back and I'm like, God, I feel that life. I should have been like, no peeps. This isn't even my brand. Who the fuck cares anyway? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think, okay. So that's an interesting piece is like, what do we hold on versus what do we let go of as being a absolute decision maker for failure? Right. Because it sounds like you held on way too long. You did not quit when you could have should have and you had this like very static mental model of what success looked like that you couldn't see past yeah like failure can be a decision and I think it is a decision in more cases than not it's just that what we decide like it doesn't feel that way right it's like we may decide um I'm gonna make this job work even though it sucks yep and then we get fired and we're like, oh, you know what I mean? It feels like failure. I'm like, I've been fired from two jobs. And in both cases. Only two? I thought it was more than that. No, Alignable and Help Scout. Okay. That I know of. <laughs> Quiet firing when they make it so miserable that you leave and you think it was your idea. <laughs> I have a red stapler, okay? No. <laughs> um. But like looking back on both of those situations, like both of them had deteriorated to a point where I should have quit because I was unhappy. Yeah. Now the ability to do so without another income, like there's lots of other facets about that. But if I were to take the mindset at that time of, hey, I want to quit my job. This isn't a fit for me anymore. Yeah. And maybe I can't at this moment, but I'm just going to do my best and focus really hard on finding myself a better situation. Um, because saying no and stopping are so much of success. Yeah. Almost more so than saying yes. Oh yeah. I think that there's so many more no's than there are yeses if you're going to do it right. Right. I mean, there's so many times where you have to, and I think that's the hard thing is when, yeah, when you have an income or when you have a good opportunity in front of you or whatever it is say no to that feels going back to the episode that will be launched after this, but we've already recorded to have the audacity to say no to those things is really interesting. And I think like my um, experience has been a little bit on the flip side where I feel like I'm really good, especially at leaving jobs. My lever is good. And I think what that is, is, um, but I've never done it. I've never done it rashly. I've never done it I mean, I think this last time leaving OpenView um, was the first time that I obviously left before I had like another job because I was committed to going and building um, my business. But that was the first time that I kind of leapt into the unknown like that. All the other times I've left, but I've always had something on the on the horizon. Yeah. Or yeah. An, a job offer in hand, actually, not even on the horizon, like absolutely like signed offer. I'm the exact opposite. I know. I you're like- just- Flying through life, just left, firing, quitting, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But even animals, I mean, you were there for a lot of that journey with me where, you know, even leaving felt like a failure. Cause I think with leaders too, the experience is so different, right? It's like, you're almost doing better the more you say no to (laughs) in a way. And, um, you know, because focus is so important and then, yeah, just like taking, you know, admitting defeat, not in a traditional way. Like I didn't tank the company. It's just like admitting defeat in that. I'm not the right person for this anymore. Nope. And it was from in part for me, but you know, I think it's hard to, and then thinking back to like, when I was like marketing, when you're sort of in that, you know, director and above role where like you're responsible for that campaign or whatever promises you make around hitting your goals. And, you know, a campaign failure, for example, you know, you could look at it as a negative or you could say, okay, this was an experiment 
and here's what we learn and here's what we're going to do differently. Yeah. And you can convince other people yeah, to that think it wasn't that a way. Yeah. We got data points. It's not a failure. Yeah. Or don't even say the word failure. Like no. this is something that I tried to work on with my team before I left was we wanted to try some new stuff and foray into new things and people, especially people en masse, hate change. Yeah. And I really needed them to accept that like we were going to be trying stuff and like, no, it doesn't have to be chaos just because you're trying things. So I use the word experiment. Yeah. And that's what you can do too, is you're like, okay, I'm going after this goal. Here are the experiments I'm running to hit it. And then when you get on your way through it and on the other side, you can position that however you want. And if you choose to leave failure out, you have learnings. Yeah. You know, you have like lessons, you have new tactics, you're way more open-eyed and curious. And I think able to keep going with that thing. Whereas like you see a lot of companies are like, well, I tried this thing for this period and it didn't work. So I don't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm like, that's failure to me. Like if you're looking at failure as an endpoint, then you're losing all the benefits of a situation that could have otherwise helped you advance much more and faster. Well, I think that's an interesting thing of when you like, let's say you have a new job and you're coming into a new team and there's people that have been there for a really, really long time. And they start to have that like buildup of backlog of like, oh, we tried that. It didn't work. We tried that. It didn't work. And they're like such a wet blanket and you're coming in and you're like, I have all these ideas and we could try this in this new way. And it's like, we tried that. We tried that. And there's a piece of that where it's like really hard to keep, even if you've been in an organization for a long time, it's hard to like not do that where you're like, we've tried all of those things and they don't work. They're the dead ends, right? Of the cultist. Sack. They're not like this, like splintering off point. Um, but I think that's really interesting. And I think the other thing that you were talking about, I, I think it's, you know, we're now operating at this point where I think you and I both have a healthier relationship with failure, but like, that doesn't mean that it doesn't completely rock you. Right. No, not at all. I yeah. still like, well, I was going back to an old article I'd written about failure and one of my headlines is just like failure fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it does. It doesn't the negative emotions gonna... that come with it. Yeah, yeah. Also, hi Lauren. She's one of my best friends in the whole world, and so I just have to say that I can't not. I can't not. Um, yeah. So the it feels terrible, but like what's worse is feeling like a allowing it to be failure right? Allowing it to be this, like I failed instead of choosing to look at it differently. Because I guarantee in a lot of those situations where you have tried things and you genuinely think it doesn't work. If you asked a few more questions or you had someone else digging into it a little more, there's probably other things that maybe could have made it work. Like you just didn't give it enough time. (laughs) Um, so I think like, but then there's the getting used to the discomfort. Yeah. Of, yeah. of, of when something doesn't work and you facing up to it. Yeah. And if you can, I think the only way to get there is that curiosity of like, okay, well, what happened and why, and how can I learn more about this? Then you're able to come back. And again, you're not reporting on a failure at all. You're like, we tried a thing. It didn't do what we thought it was going to do. Here's our hypotheses. Why? Based on whatever data we have. And here's what we're going to try next. But it's like exposure therapy for both you and the team and the company, right? It's like it's, it doesn't happen overnight because it's a complete culture shift of like also talking about it, right? Like, hey, like there's so many organizations that I see where anything that doesn't work is completely swept under the rug. And the only updates that you're getting in team meetings and company meetings are the things that are going well, right? Like nobody's unpacking the big hairy thing that didn't work. That's still the problem to be solved. Yeah. And I think that's just like, that's a tough thing to swing inside of an organization from, um, from like communication and talking about it and emotional vulnerability and all the stuff that gets wrapped up in it. Um, oh, and I, I going back the, the thing that I think was really helpful at OpenView, we split our goals into two types of goals. Vital goals were things that we had done before that we knew we wanted to continue doing. And so we gold them on like, you know, we have enough data points to know what metric we can increase. And then we had just change goals and we gold that on like the activity itself. Like, did we do the thing 
that would give us enough data points to then understand of whether we should continue doing it or not. And they were completely measured differently, which I think was a really important like mental shift of like, this is the thing we're trying to improve because we know we like it. And like, there's still failure points in there, but it's not like this, like this is a net new experiment that we're trying. And we don't even know if this is, you know, the right thing to do, but like, let's not goal it on. Did it accomplish the end goal that we want to get to, let's goal it on. Did we do the set of activities that give us enough data points to understand whether we should continue doing it? Yeah. And what an important institutional mindset too, which I think, because obviously everything that we say and talk about regarding everything we talk about really depends on, yeah, it really depends on the organizational circumstances you're in too. So like we can say all we want, but there, there are, I'm sure plenty of organizations where if you just don't hit your target, they make it either like you failed and whatever. So like, obviously that is a giant asterisk on this, but I I love it. You got to do the work first too, right? Like you have to change, be the change you want to see in the world. You know, I think for me too, like it's true. The, the times when I was just talking to one of my clients about this, um, he was talking about some a change they're making in the company. It's still early. Like the company's not very big. It's less than 20 people. So yeah. making a change is way less painful. And it's an important infrastructure change that will benefit the company long-term and would be a huge headache to do later. And the sort of... Um, the way people give up their power when they don't want change by saying like, oh, I don't understand this or I don't, you know, this is going to make it so that I am penalized in some way for if I don't do Like they sort of decide in advance and predict it's not the gonna future. Work. Yeah. yeah. And that to me is more an example of failure than someone who jumps in and, and gives it a try. And you know, wants to understand it, um, wants to contribute because it's, it's amazing how I, I hear that a lot still from people. Someone reached out to me and wanting to see if I knew of anyone who was looking for work and they positioned it as like, I was, I was fired unfairly from my job and I'm like, Mm. okay, like, okay. But like, yeah. I, I'm, that's not going to make me do anything, right? Yeah. Like I, I took action because I looked at their portfolio. I was like, this is good. But like so much of that is a decision mindset yeah. that I don't think is helpful in breaking away from the thing that you're really trying to get away from. And so like, to me, the failure starts there. If you're yeah. starting from that mindset of like the negative or not, you know, not wanting to give things a chance, you're going to fail in a way that hurts real bad. And like, I would call that failure because you're holding yourself back. Yeah. And that's like the hardest thing to see. I think it's more amongst like people like young, well, no, actually it really doesn't matter where it's like you failure's not in charge. You are, that doesn't mean things won't happen to you. You're so clippable today. Clearly, I'm, I have a lot of experience with this topic, and <laughs> I've never failed at anything personally. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We were talking before we started the episode on like the accidental perfection, like filter, you know? Yep. That. Yeah. And it's like it's not. It's never. And you know what? the The more I fail, the happier I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what's that about? Because you see it's like facing a fear. Yeah. Failure is like that thing that shall not be named. But once you name it, it kind of shrinks into this like little itty bitty thing. You're like, oh yeah. It's just, it's not as simple as like you're successful or not, or you did it right or wrong or not. You can follow the rules. You can follow process and the rules and things can still go sideways. Yeah. So, um, for me, I think just, the experience, it's like racking up experiences of things not going the way I wanted them to go or thought mm. they were going to go. Yeah. And I just consistently find that either the universe is trying like hell to stop me before it got to that moment, you know, like the TEDx Somerville thing, um, or it's something that is so deep inside my, in, in me 
that I don't even see it. And it's like a flash. It's like kind of like a smack in the face. It's like, wake up. Yeah. Wake you up, dummy. Live, this isn't for you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like that mantra. That's that I've probably said so much to you over the last year. That's really helped me as like, if not this, then better. Right. And I think that's a big piece of it is like this idea that you can ever control anything is the illusion, right? Like you got no control. Right. And so whether that mantra actually is true and the arc of your life is going to be, if not this, then better, or it just makes you feel better in the moment and feel like you have, um, you know, hopefulness and something to look forward to. I don't care if it's a placebo effect or not, but I think it's really powerful to reframe it, right? Of like, oh, that wasn't for me, right? Like, oh, that thing just, that wasn't the right thing. And if not this, then better. It was for me and I did want it and I'm sad I didn't get it. Yeah. But like, what's next? What else, what can I do with this? Yeah, it's like an action on the end of the emotion, which I think can be really helpful. It's so, I mean, and this applies to your career more than anything. Like to me, you're failing at your career when you don't start, when you um, like complain and don't take any action, right? Or you're like, it's like you have to just jump in the arena. Yeah. And you're all like, you're guaranteed something will happen if you get in the arena. Might be bad, but something's going to (laughs) happen. I mean, listen, I got to New York finally in the end of November, 2017, after my first attempt at getting an apartment went sideways and I was completely demoralized. I finally get here and two months later, at the beginning of January, I'm fired from my job at Help Scout. And I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm getting to know a new city. I'm, you know, so it would have been easy. And I'm sure I did at the time feel sorry for myself at some point, but then I was like, okay. Well, I'm going to start consulting. I got bills to pay. And you just start saying yes to stuff. And I think that's a really important thing for people in their careers. It's like, it doesn't matter whether you think you can get it or not, whether you think you deserve it, whether anything. Yeah. Just try and see what happens. Because guess what? That's practice for the next time when you really find something you want, you go in less green. And so you're more strategic. So it's like racking up all those things like, Perfect example. I was trying to get more, like I wanted to sort of increase the awareness of our podcast. Yeah. So we've been getting tons of like organic positive feedback. We started seeing people just like subscribing and when we weren't really doing anything at all. And I was like, wow, there's some momentum here. Imagine if we did something. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine if we tried. Um, we were on break. We were on break. <gasps> I feel like Rachel and and Ross right now, we were on a break. (laughs) So I tried something. This was Alex's, Alex Burkett. This is his thing, the surround sound strategy. I was like, oh, I should just like, there's a lot of podcast, marketing podcast roundup posts that are like years old. Yeah. And don't include some other ones that I really like right now too. So... (laughs) Yes, Luke. <laughs> That's such a good one. So I went out and I emailed a bunch of people, and you know, I I included other two other podcasts in the mix. Yeah. Um, I think it was yours, Romley, actually. <laughs> Just because I do love it, I think it's a great. Don't, podcast. don't worry, Devin's been doing outreach on your behalf to get yeah. you in some podcasts around us. So I hope, you're, <laughs> I hope you're happy. I was trying to be strategic. I didn't want to go in and just be like, "You should add mine." I was like, "Here's two other ones that like I know are really good." Yeah. Um. Nobody responded. Nothing happened. And I was like, okay. And I talked to Alex about it yesterday. I was like, okay, so like nothing really happened with round one. Like here are the different things that I did. I emailed some people. I DM some people. I went on Reddit. Like what could I do now? Like I was more curious than disappointed. I was like, well, zero of that worked. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, okay, follow it by what now? Not, oh boy. Like, yeah. That, um, so I feel like the two things that I've decided to add in this year into my like core focus, the one is audacity, which again, it's going to be a great episode. I keep talking about it. We got, it was one of those episodes that we got to the end of recording it. And we were like, we haven't even scratched the surface yet, which I feel like is always a really interesting topic. But the second one, which is sort of related to audacity is like, 
I have a goal this year to open as many doors as possible, like trusting in my own self to be able to close gracefully the ones that are not a good fit. But that like idea of in the back of my head, like the goal this year is opening doors also provides that like forward momentum energy of exactly what you're talking about, which is like, okay, well, like that didn't work. What next? It's like the same thing. Like, let me open the door. Let me look behind this one. Let me see what's you know, behind door number three, and maybe it's a new car and maybe it's a flock of chickens. I don't know. I don't want either of those things this year, maybe eventually, but neither of those things I want this year. Well, it's like, this kind of was my, um, I already, I lost, I was trying to refer back to something you said and I completely forgot already. That's okay. Um, but it's, it's fine. This is what happens also in the real, in the real non-live recordings is we have just, you know, go down a rabbit hole and then can't get out of it. What am I going to do when I can't blame cancer anymore? Like when this is done, I, I'm like chemo brain. You can say like, oh, chemo irreparably damaged. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to be myself again. Thank God. Then you'll just be a little older. You'll just be like, oh, I'm getting old. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, like, wow, you look so young. I'm like, yes, this works. Um, but I was thinking back to last fall and I think my mindset was not in a good place when, um, you know, I had, was it inbound? Yeah. We talk with Ashley and marketing profs with that. And we were relaunching, we were launching season three of the podcast and I had taken a break prior of my own business to kind of take a break because <laughs> I didn't have one. And I had these expectations. I was like, I lined up all this stuff in the summer to try to bring to fruition some stuff in the fall and it didn't happen. And even the things like speaking at events, like didn't do a lot for me business wise. And I remember feeling really negative about it. I was like, what was the point in doing all this? It was so much work. And besides the fact that I just loved doing it with Ashley, like she's such a good partner in that way. I, I took joy in that, but I was like, I have a business to run. And, and I think Turns I just, out taking a break from business is not the thing to do to build your business. But what happened was I, I end once I was able to get past that. Yeah. Um, also, I think that was also the beginning of cancer behind. I was going to say, and then you got a cancer. You were like, oh, I'm ready to start leaning back into the business. And then I was like, cancer diagnosis. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I think it was mid July, mid to end July when I, and so probably wasn't factoring that in either, but that's a perfect example of mind over matter. It's like, I let myself be disappointed. I let myself be frustrated instead of saying like, oh, is there something more I could be doing here? Like, do I need to be more direct? Do I need to make more, you know, set up meetings, you know, maybe just organically being here isn't enough. I have to put a new type of, you know, focus or plan in place. And what was really interesting is once I had to stop working altogether, um, I applied the mindset that I think would have worked for me in the fall, which was just, uh, accepting the things I can't change and focusing on the things I can. And so even just yesterday at the doctor, he was like, you're, you're really positive and like very bright. And I said, it's the only thing I have control over Mm. is my mindset. Yeah. Mind over matter is all I have. And that's what led me more gracefully through cancer was like, this could have been worse, Mm -hmm. but I chose the mindset that actually lifted me through, got me to learning a bunch of stuff, completely reframing my life and also reframing the events of last fall such that I am now like inspired to be soft launching back in the world. And I'm excited to work on my business again. And that energy is completely different from, oh, I have to, or, oh, I'm not doing enough or whatever it is versus like when you can tap into that and get inspired again. And this Um, is why it's so important at work too, because work is always going to throw complicating, challenging. Oh, you're not control over like anything at work. And it's like all it's, if you can get to a place of mind over matter, you can get to a strategic point that might even help you out of some of these situations or make them less shitty. Yeah. But your mind has to be in the right place first. Well, I think so at work too. Um, I know everyone's, you are amazing, Devin. Um, no, I'm not going to put the door. 
<laughs> thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Lindsay. I humbly accept so, it. I think at work, specifically in the marketing function, the most challenging thing is you're not control in control necessarily of what the business needs or what your audience needs. You're just like a conduit to try to understand both of those and then create a program at the intersection, right? So you're not only getting it from my audience and my like my target ICP is constantly changing. My buyer is changing how they're buying, how they're thinking about it. There's other options on the market, how those ones are uh, stacking up to my product, but also your business is changing, right? How much they're going to allocate towards marketing, what the goals are, whether, you know, we need to hit this revenue number versus this one. Like that's always in flux. This is always in flux. And you're sitting at the intersection being like, I'm going to try to build something when both of these things are rapidly changing all of the time and it's going to go great. Right. But I think once you give up the idea of control over either of those two things, neither of them, neither side rocks you that much anymore. And you can focus on like what's remaining, what's constant, what can I build today and keep that momentum forward? Because otherwise I've seen it happen so many times where people are rocked by mostly the business side stuff, but like even just change in, in audience behaviors, change in buyer behaviors, like that stuff can be rocking you too of like, Hey, this, this program used to work, this channel used to work and it doesn't work anymore. Ah, you know, no, it's just, what are we doing next? Um, and the other thing when I, when you were talking, I was, I have a friend who I met recently, like over the summer, but, um, has been going through challenging time through their life, like the last couple of years. And the constant refrain that we send back and forth to each other is gentle, gentle, like just be gentle with yourself, gentle, gentle, like whenever there's some like, you know, going through it, it's just like gentle, gentle. And I love that as like a a common refrain to just remind yourself. And it sounds like you let yourself like the moment that you could soften into yourself and release control was the moment that you actually found your inspiration again. Yeah. And release judgment. Yeah. I think that's a big thing was like, I was judging the situation. I was making decisions about what it all meant about our culture and work and fairness. And it's like, yeah, sometimes like, sure that might also be true, but like, you know, and I think where you like the, to what you're talking about with like both sides rocking, you know, like kind of, you're right in most positions in marketing, you don't have a lot of control. over what's happening. And that's really hard. It's one of the most challenging parts of the job. But doing what you said, there's a third option it provides you, which is to take a step back and say, is this working for me anymore? Yeah. Because you may look at these things, you know, kind of changing and wavering and you may decide, you may realize like, oh, maybe I don't want to be in B2B tech anymore. (laughs) Or like, maybe it's just, maybe I don't want to be in these, these circumstances don't serve my career goals. Like I, you know, you try a bunch of times and you're like, I've tried to work within this situation multiple times in different ways. And what I'm seeing is it's, it doesn't serve my career anymore. Thus it's not, it's untenable for me. It's not, you know, and then you change your mind out of your own. It's about you, not them. So it reduces some of that, like frustration and anger when you're like, that person's crazy and it's their fault. It's like, okay, you can't change that though. Yeah. You can't change the dynamics because you tried a lot of times and nothing's going to work and you don't have the power in your position to do so. Oh, that's happened to me in my career several times. And that's why I think to the point of like my, I I would always joke that like my picker is good, but my lever is better in terms of my career. But I think it comes to that where I got to the point where I would try like three or four times and then be like, oh, I'm the one that's got to change. I got to remove myself because like that's the only thing I have control over. I don't have control over like, you know, either of like any of the circumstances. And I tried, right? I tried to see if I could have control. I tried to see if I could have influence. And when you, when you, like when you get to the point, you can either be demoralized or you can find the fact that no, there's one other option, right? Like yeah. you have to change. And also like- <laughs> Just like as a leader, I'm like, I would have been fine if people who were unhappy just quit (laughs) and didn't, you know, like if they weren't so intent on like proving that I'm incompetent or a monster, it's like, you know what, if they had just been like, you know what, this isn't for me, bye. Yeah. I would have been happier too, right? It's like, it doesn't do anyone any good. And I realized like I've been that person, you know, Help Scout was a great example where the situation wasn't good for me anymore. My goals were changing constantly. 
you know, once um, Sunit left, who's our CMO, it was, it was not, things were not steady and it started to look like I wasn't performing. Yeah. And I was like, I know this isn't completely my fault. Um, but I stayed and kept trying to make it work, which made me more resentful, which made me act out more. And yeah. at the end of the day, I look back at it. I'm like, yeah, I should have been fired. Oh my like, God. I, I coach on that a lot. Cause there's like very empathetic leaders. And usually when I start out with an organization and I'm talking to a head of marketing and they're talking about the te- people on their team, because there's organizations that have had a lot of chaos over the last year or two, there will be people on the team who are completely burnt out. And to your point of where you were at, like you couldn't have come back from that. There's probably nothing that they could have done to get you back feeling productive, aligned, good, not acting out. Right. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I know a lot of leaders will keep folks on the team because they used to be performing really well. They used to be helpful. They used to have, you know, a lot of passion and energy. And they know the fact that it was the organization that sucked the life out of them through all the changes and chaos and whatnot. And the answer is still that you have to let that person go because if you don't think you can bring them back, then you have to let them go because it's going to be to your point, you were probably a culture suck there at the end. Like you oh, were yeah. probably, you know, an absolute beast. No offense. I'm sure you were. No, you're probably a beast. <laughs> I think that's a little extreme, but okay. You were a cancer on the organization. No, just kidding. Great joke, Margaret. Really good joke. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, Devin. I mean, it's, it's, I've been around those people too. And I think Shannon, that's such a good point is like, yeah you know, if you are brave enough to look at something and say, you know, this isn't working for me anymore yeah, and just put it, make it about yourself. Now you have a little cocoon where you're able to be like the most self-centered. You're like, what do I want? What do I need? And it blocks out. It doesn't leave any space for the mistakes other people are making because in a lot of cases, um, (laughs) sorry, I had to put this up because it makes, I love it. Um, but If you like, you know, and I know what I was doing back then. I was deciding I didn't have any options. Yeah. I was deciding that, you know, I had to stay until I figured, you know, and blah, and I just moved. And so, you know, I can't, you know, I I probably made a bunch of self-limiting decisions and made it feel like I victimized myself to myself. Yeah. And that only empowers that behavior, the bad behavior even more. And the thing is, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I still showed up for my team, obviously, because they're experiencing it too. But what matters most is how you feel and you taking responsibility for yourself and -hmm. your own well-being enough to get out of a situation when it doesn't work. If you have the option and I huge caveat because not everybody does. So like, well, and I think that helps scout thing like there, you did have a new rent payment, right? Like you did, there were certain things that I think, um, I mean, now looking back at like a older and wiser person, you could probably have made a better decision, but you made exactly the right decision in that moment, which was like, let me hold on to this job because I have a new apartment that I need to pay for. Right. Sure. But it's also the stories I told myself to go along with it weren't helpful. And so to make that decision, you need to also include in it why you're doing it. So you can Mm -hmm. remind yourself on hard days, you know, and I think that's the big difference of like being sort of catapulted into free, into freelance work then and choosing no answer at all. And just saying, all I know is what I'm doing is bad for me now and it's about to get worse. And I am not prepared to make the sacrifices to my own reputation to make this work. Yeah. And it was clean. It was like easy. Obviously there's time of processing that loss for what, you know, but um, it didn't have to be a big to do. And you're right. I had no safety net, you know, Um, it's, it's, yeah, I had nothing. And it was like, fine. I was like, this is fine. And I felt really good about it. And I felt hopeful. And that was able, that was why I just was like catapulted into work for several months after. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I just like, I feel like the, 
I feel really strongly after years of making mistakes and making a complete and total fool of myself, both in public and behind the scenes (laughs) everywhere. I feel differently about failure. And that is why I said at the beginning, I don't think it exists because it's, it's something you have more control over than you realize. And there are so many opportunities in it that I've seen that involve sometimes just giving up. Yeah. And I've got, I've gained more by like giving in and giving up, including this latest bout with cancer, which I talked about on LinkedIn recently. It's like, once I realized I couldn't do it myself and was brave enough to like really ask for help, that's when my life completely, completely transformed from the inside out. Ugh. I just want to like sit in that. That's, I mean, that's everything, right? I think that the the um, the softness of letting people help you, yeah, you know, and letting go all yeah. that time, feeling like I have to, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that, and I if I don't do this, then people, you know, it's like once you let that go, I won't it's freed up even my creativity because now I'm not so worried. Like I've exposed myself very vulnerably in front of literally everyone. (laughs) And like, and I I threw all my worries about like, is anyone going to hire me again? Cause I was sick once like that. That was a belief I had. And turns out the opposite is true. People see you as 10 times stronger. And it turns out when you're nice to people for in your career, like, those people really appreciate it and want to help. And they sent you the nicest notes. And the same is true for, for you don't have to have cancer to make that happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you can get that help without quote unquote deserving it. Like mm. maybe you, you can't compare, maybe you're like, I don't know anyone or I've never like, whatever, just ask anyway. Right. It's like yeah. the no, isn't the failure. It's the not starting. It's the not risking that makes you feel because you never, you're just staying where you are, right? You're keeping yourself in a point of stasis, which you're probably not happy about. Yeah. And so it's like, I almost want to give it a different name. It's like, thank God something didn't work today. Thank God I was embarrassed. Thank God, you know, because it's just, you're, you're so much more invincible in a way. Yeah. Cause you're like, well, I've been embarrassed publicly a lot in front of some really important people so like i think it's fine oh i've got uh we probably don't have time for me to jump into story i've had so many stories of like absolutely just bungling people's names the first time i met blake a partner at openview i was at AppQs, and me and ty went to go meet with him to talk about product-led growth because we were going to start writing content about it and right before we got into the restaurant ty had said something to me and had a different name he was like talking about this guy josh or something like that and i turn around and i see blake and i was like josh (laughs) he looked so like i have so for some reason with names and this is just a complete side note i have so many stories like that where i'm like i've just like bungled people's names before i once photographed an entire engagement session and called the fiance the wrong name the entire time didn't realize it until afterwards like they did correct me i'm just like literally calling this guy (laughs) totally wrong name the whole oh my god that's a good one. I did this with, um, you know, that I like love, I, I learned a lot of the, this whole marketing podcast was like, just, it taught me like, there was so much it taught me. I love Robert Rose and Joe Polizzi. Like I just, their podcast was just perfect for me. I loved it. I listened to it religiously, um, and have like since come back to it again. And I had seen, so two years ago, I was at marketing profs and saw Robert Rose and like ran up to him and was like, I just need to tell you without wanting anything from you that I just like, thank you for, and I'm like, total just fan. Big fan. <laughs> yeah. And then this past year at marketing profs, I was sitting at a table with Joe Pulitzi and I like had to tell him the same thing. So I was like, when people make an impact on you, like, I feel like it's important to say it. Oh, and, and it's so walk away. meaningful to hear that, you know? Yeah. And so I'm talking to Joe and I'm saying something and I'm, I need to like, Robert's name is coming next in whatever it is I'm saying. And I like blanked on his name and I like know his name. And he looked at me and I was like, he's like, do you listen to the podcast? I was like, wait, like, and it was like, I know this man's name. Like I could talk. I was like, 
oh, you guys talk about the bears and the whatever, like you have your, yeah, yeah you're like, like calling specific episodes. And you're like, yeah. I swear to God, I listen. And he's like, oh, you do listen. I'm like, yes, I just like don't have a brain. You know, it's like, I, I think can't. like how my brain is stacked, it's like anxiety and then names live above it. So if yeah. my anxiety is activated, the names just fly out of my brain. Like somebody could walk up to me and be like, quick, what's your best friend's name? And like point to my best friend. And I'd be like, ah, ah. Like, I just, they just like fly out. That's the first thing that goes. If I have like a spike of cortisol, all the yeah. names are out of my head. Sometimes it happens in like dumb ways. Like you have to repeat your name like a thousand times a day at a hospital. Yeah. And, or they ask you so many questions. One time they asked me like a really easy question. And I was like, like, how are you doing? Or like, what's your temperature? Or how tall are you? Or something. You're like, Devin. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, and it took me a while. I was like, I don't know why that was so, oh no, I know what it was. I was paying for a prescription and she was like, card or cash. And I was like holding the card in my hand. I was like, yeah. um, er, and she looked at me and I was like, I don't know why this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just tap that right there. <laughs> just not use words and just do actions. Eh? Eh? Oh eh? my God. <laughs> Yeah, everyday failures. Everyday failures. But you know what? We don't let it let us down. And I'm sorry if anyone I've ever called the wrong name. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love you still. I'm sorry and I love you is everything. <laughs> uh, that's story. That's my tagline. I'm like, I'm sorry for who I am as a person and I love you. There's nothing to be done here. Um, okay. Give up control. So I know, we're, we're coming to the, the top of the hour here. We were talking about before we hopped on that we were going to end a couple minutes early in case people have calls right after this that they want to jump to. Um, if yeah. you don't remember, if you don't have a question now and you want to send it in later. Oh, yeah. We can do that somehow. Yeah, we can do a wrap up one. <laughs> so we co-pay today. Oh, my gosh. In I your love bank you, account, Doug. Doug. <laughs> send it over. Yeah. Maybe it's like. Um, write a review. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody that's your write a review. That's your yeah. Your copay is write a review on our podcast. Leave us a a rating and review. Yeah, that would be great. It does it does really help, yeah. especially along the way. Our post about us on LinkedIn. Tell and check out our it. new um. So our new second newsletter is going to come out. Um, starting. I'm going to be sending one on Thursday, but this one's just like, um. <laughs> So there's so many funny things I like can't even I'm trying to like do logistics and I can't because you guys are making me laugh. Um, so uh, we are launching a new um, wait. Oh, yeah. Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts would be great to have a yeah. rating. Don't do Google, though, because Google Podcast is going away. So probably. Spotify. No, I said Apple, didn't I? Did I say Google? You did. I was just adding in oh. to Google because they're like going away. Google Podcast is going away. Like until you wear not to. Um, I think <laughs> Apple is where... very helpful. Yeah. But anyway, Don't we'll... give us a rating on Google Podcast. But... <laughs> I'm trying so hard to just say logistics and I can't. Like this shouldn't be my job. I'm not good at it. Um, you are though. We successfully did this. No technical challenges that we know of. We'll see yeah. if this actually recorded and then we can turn this into an episode. That would be a. Would and be I'd a love to know if anyone wants us to do this more. Oh yeah. Like, do you care? Like, was this a, a unique experience? And it's fine if you're like, I don't care. Like that's, I'd love to hear that too. But like, I we were don't say that out. in a public forum. Say that just to our in inboxes. Yeah, actually, I don't care where you say it, honestly. But but for Margaret's sake, say it's it somewhere. Sake, please don't say it in a public forum. Yeah, I can't oh handle that. We have a yes. And yeah, yes. during lunch break, awesome. Hundo P, <laughs> I love. Yeah, that. maybe we start to do some some lunch. Maybe Devin, we can bring back Devin eating on the podcast. Oh, do you know I thought of that this morning? Did you? I was like, yeah, um, I'm just posting all the people who are saying yes. No one said no yet. So I'm not censoring. Okay. Free speech, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dangerous thing to say these days. Um, uh, so yeah. So what were we saying? So, okay. We'll think about doing this more. This was fun. We just wanted to try it. Like it was yeah. just a random, like, let's just try doing this. And I kind of like being live, especially when. People come in and participate, which you guys were great about. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, please rate and review us. Like, would I just copy and paste? If you ever said anything nice about us before, just copy and paste it there, so you don't have to. Yeah. And then or see somebody else in that said a rating that you like. Just copy and paste their rating. Yeah. Just 
steal other people's work too. plagiarize. (laughs) Listen, I got pretty good at bending the rules of my life. So, and making it fine. I'm like, technically this is fine. Yeah. It's not Um, a failure if you don't get caught. Exactly. Or if you find a way to explain it such that it sounds like it's not. Yeah. Um, wait, hold on. (laughs) Luke said, everyone calendar this as professional development so people won't hassle you on ah, That's a good idea. Yeah. Webinar. We'll just call them all webinars. Yeah. Webinar. It's a webinar. It's a very work-focused webinar. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming to this. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts, if you have any on this, that we could tackle in a later episode, too. Like, if yeah. there's anything. Oh, topic ideas. Send them over. Every once in a while, we get little pockets of inspiration. But sometimes Devin and I are like, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. And we love calling audibles, like we did with the Audacity one. Yeah. We just threw that one in there. Yeah. So You're going to like that episode. We're not trying to overhype it. I think we already did. But <laughs> you might have overhyped it a little bit. Margaret's really into it. She's like, I want somebody, I want to overhear somebody this year saying to somebody else, where does she get the audacity? That's my, that's my goal. Unofficial. Yeah. About me. I want to overhear it like in a room or something. Somebody being like, where does she get the audacity? That's what I want this year. You're welcome, Doug. Thanks for brightening my life. Doug was like an accidental mentor. We met at my techs in Boston. And he's, he helps me. Like an accidental mentor. Like, well, just because like I wasn't setting out to get to have one, but like, yeah, yeah. Met and he like, I, think I feel sounds- like he took it upon himself to like make sure I was okay. And a lot, like, he'd check in with me yeah. and he's offered me advice in all areas now, including cancer and was a big yeah. champion for me. So, um, thank you, Doug, for that. Oh, so much good feels. So many. Pod. I think it's getting a little, like, I think I'm getting a little overkill. Like, I was <laughs> thanking my mom for something this morning and she's like, I get it. I'll see you. She's like, this isn't the Devin I know. <laughs> you can't change your personality at this stage in your life. You must be the same old Devin. <laughs> you betrayed me. <laughs> Stop taking up my time. This is definitely a point where it's totally fine to tune out. Like this is, <laughs> I know, I know. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Thanks everybody. Give people five minutes back before their next call so they can go for a bio break, grab a little seltzer water, whatever you want to do. You're so bossy. I am very much. Do whatever they want to do. Audacity. (laughs) Audacity. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. This will be up on our feed too at some point. I don't know when, but probably this week. Hopefully today. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, y'all. That's a wrap. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back next week. And just remember, you're doing great. You're doing great. 30% of you are doing great. The rest, you got to get your shit together. Come on. You know, you know which side you're on this week. You know. (laughs) You know. See you next week. Bye. Bye.